are now listening to the Legends Lingo Podcast, presented by CouchGuysSports.com. Here are your hosts, Al. You didn't ask him about I that long? I was getting there, Beetle. Now, what the holy fuck kind of host are you? I mean, you're Beetle, burying the lead. shit, dude. Someone Chris is... trip, please. Powder. Yes, sir. And Maddie D. Uh, and on top of that, now you have a triple effect. You have... The Niners looking for a long-term answer with Jimmy G in-house. Maybe they don't want to spend the money on Jimmy G. Maybe he gets freed up because they go after a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, who now theoretically could be freed up. So there's a lot of dominoes to fall. Enjoy the show. All right, everybody. Welcome back in. Legends Lingo Podcast, episode 138, as always, presented by couchguyssports.com check out everything on couchguyssports.com we got daily blogs at every which way from every which direction from the patriots the red sox Bruins, celtics entertainment nfl nba you name it we got it check out the podcasts on the network besides this one there's a lot of great ones we'll shout a few out in a few minutes check out the youtube channel because we have podcast episodes and a bunch of content out there and our twitch channel which is basically producing content every single night from Call of Duty to, I think, Fallout was going on, our CGS Fantasy Football show, to other streams, Yellow Card Podcast sometimes streamed there. So we got a lot going on. Alan Hegan here, no powder, no Maddie D. Uh, powder still figuring out the apartment thing. Maddie D's traveling. So it's going to look a little different tonight. We actually have the Tuck Rule Take Boys here with us tonight. Mike Sullivan, Liam McDade in the house. They're going to be talking football with us. They're going to be talking Patriots. We're going to get into that in a second. And then Zach Jeziero, uh noted Bills fan, puke-worthy, and noted Red Sox fan as well, former host, of the Into, former host of the Into the Triangle podcast, will be joining us later on to talk Red Sox. But I want to welcome in the TRT boys, the Tuck Rule Take boys, Mike, Liam. Thank you for coming on last minute. How are you guys doing? Saw, dude. I'm living the dream, per usual. <laughs> yeah yeah like liam said anytime man anytime living the dream over here so our two guys are living the dream i don't think they were living the dream on sunday so you know what let's just get right into it so the patriots they opened up their nfl season we were excited we were hyped we were ready to go and then the patriots end up losing week one so they yeah, lose yeah so, so I have a little bit of a, a ramble to go on, and then I want to hear from our Patriots experts. So the Patriots lose game one, 17-16. And here's, here's, here are a few of the things that I kind of took away from it. First of all, we got to point out the obvious. Mac Jones looked really good for his first ever NFL game. Looked very good. I think 29-39, about 281 passing yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, which is the big number that I'm worried yeah, that I was worried about. Time. Mm-hmm. Zero interceptions, which was good. Obviously, it wasn't perfect. Couple third downs he didn't convert on. I think there was one late in the game to Jacoby Myers that it was just out of Myers' reach. That I think he could have thrown a little bit better. But again, he's a rookie. It's going to happen. There's going to be those little mistakes. The Patriots, though, guys. After that, I mean, let's let, let let's let's talk through it, and then I want to hear your guys' obviously thoughts on the game. Then we'll kind of break it down. So, excuse me. A lot of penalties, at least eight penalties that I knew of. At one point, they had eight penalties for 84 yards, I'm pretty sure. I don't know how many they ended up with. Might have been 10. but That's how much. It was eight for 84. You're right. It was eight for 84, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, there you go. Eight penalties for the Patriots in the game. But keep in mind, the Patriots are one of the least penalized teams in the league. That doesn't happen to them. So, mm-hmm. that was shocking. 
Secondly, this Patriots defense. Now, th- this is where I don't know how, where you guys stand, and I kind of want to hear it. But is my is my mic coming through okay? By the way, I just want to make yeah, sure. No, you sound great. You good? Okay, yes, sir. Okay, I got I got some static coming in. My ears yeah, pop I in. Hear like that too, I'm not sure what that is. Yeah, I don't know. Our, our editor will get it. So, Liam, if you're listening, yeah, just double-check this part. But a handsome name. He, he is a good name. He's, 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 he's the other Liam, but he's still a good Liam. But anyways, uh, uh, Patriots defense. My whole thing is this, and maybe this is because I didn't play football growing up, which is fine. But if you give up 17 points in, a, in an NFL game, and keep in mind, two of those drives were the first drive, the first offensive drive Miami had, and then the second half, their first drive. You held them to three points otherwise the rest of the game. To me, that's pretty good. I don't care if you give up 400 yards, 450 yards a game. You hold the team to 17 points, you should win that game, period. And, yeah, Damian Harris fumbles the ball late in the game at the Miami nine-yard line. Patriots don't get the ball back. They lose the game. I understand all that. But the people that are coming out and saying, was it, was it a bad loss? Yes, it probably was a bad loss. It was, it, they should have won that game. We all should have known it. But the season's not over. That's the thing that people need to understand. It's one game out of 17. You have the Jets coming up, which we're going to preview after we talk about this Dolphins game a little more. You have the Saints, who the Saints look good week one against uh, Green Bay. But it's, it's still James Winston. I don't care. Like, I still see James Winston as the Bucks. James Winston's going to throw 30 picks. I could be very wrong on that, and I'm yeah, going to that game. I, I'm going to that game, so I'll try to jinx him. And then obviously you got Brady and the Bucks coming in week four, but that, that's beside the point. I'm done ranting. I want to hear. <laughs> I want to hear from you guys. Let's start with Liam. Then we'll go to Sully. Liam, your overall thoughts on the Patriots Dolphins week one. There's obviously so many takeaways and I just kind of go like by position groups. Like I have a takeaway on each and every one. So I'll just kind of simplify it to one overall. If I had to give them a straight up like letter grade, they would have a B minus like overall, they played great. A lot of different areas. As you said, the defense picked up right where Bill Belichick led, you know, defense comes and it was fantastic. Matthew Judon absolutely murdered, murdered Tua and, that led to the pick by Jonathan Jones. Just overall, everyone was playing together. That was fantastic. The wide receivers, for the most part, were great. Jacoby Myers crushed it. My boy, welcome to Nellyville. Absolutely ate. So you'd love to see that. But then Kendrick Bourne came up real short, really short. I think he had two catches for like 11 yards or something. It, like that. I think it was one for 17. But keep in mind, too, he had some penalties that, that took some away from him. Yeah. So overall, like he just wasn't ideal. Um, Hunter Henry contributed and John U. Smith was fantastic. I remember you and me, Al, talking about John U. Smith. He looked exactly what we, you and me thought he would be. Um, but then like Mac, I liked him, but I wasn't super psyched. I'm super bitter right now. I'm wearing a Cam Newton jersey. I think if Cam started, he would have won that game, but I still think Mac did fine. I think he did good. I liked what I saw, but it was far from perfect. He didn't throw any interceptions because I don't think he he put himself in a spot to throw interceptions, whether that's a good or a bad thing. You could break down another time, but overall B minus, they were great in most areas, but in some of those areas, they just lacked. Okay. Good in-depth analysis. I can respect that. Sully. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of with Liam. I, I'd give him a B uh, just about, you know, kind of the same things that he said, you know, Judon was exactly what we all wanted him to be. He just demolished 
much oh, two on that on that uh, that stuff. pressure, which led to the pick. It was a, it was just an awesome play. Absolutely. Um, to his parents felt pain. When he had oh my god, I felt pain. <laughs> I was like, ooh, I was just, like, did you hear feel that? Ooh, it was rough. But um, you know the the whole thing. You know, Mac. I know that they had the training wheels on him at first, but I also think that was kind of by design because Damian Harris was eating the whole game. You know, he did have the fumble. And if you look at that, the fumble at the end of the game, you got to keep that in mind. There was three, three and a half minutes left. I think the patch were on the nine yard line, the 10 or nine, nine or 10 yard line. All they had to do was run the clock down, kick a field goal. You know, you likely give it back to, to Miami with definitely under two minutes. They had that game. So all the, you know, all the things that happen with, you know, the, the, the fumbles, the penalties, which you know, I was looking back today, the Patriots in immaculate track record with being in the bottom half of the league being penalized um, and fumbles as well, too. I looked all that up as well. You know, I, I am, it sucks as a loss. Nobody likes to, to lose a game. But the way I see it, how I had the season panning out, I had them losing to Miami at the end of the year in Miami. So in my head, all I did was just switch the games. So now they lost to start the week. Belichick always to start the season. Belichick always says the first four weeks of the season are just an extended preseason, which kind of isn't great because you Such play Tom Brady on that fourth week. But but if you think about it, it is actually right because you always see the team kind of figuring out what's going on. If there's a bad loss, it happens here. Then in most cases, they put it together. So it does. It stinks that you know that that you're 0-1, but you got to think the Bills are 0-1 as well. The Jets are 0-1. Miami's the only team that's 1-0 right now in the division, so it, there's no need I did clean up these, clean up the fumbles, which are two things historically that Bill Belichick teams do. So I'm, I'm still – Very level-headed. Such a respectable pass fan. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to keep it level-headed. I'm trying to keep it level-headed. I'm not going to yell Super Bowl or bust. <laughs> so, so, so great analysis by our talk. We'll take guys. I wouldn't expect it any other way. Let me ask you to this, because this is something that kind of bugged me a little bit. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not seeing something toward the end of the game. After the fumble by Damian Harris, it seemed like the Patriots used their timeouts pretty quickly before that two minute warning. So I'm just wondering could it have been a situation where maybe Belichick eats those timeouts until after the two-minute warning, giving your defense one more shot at stopping uh, Miami and forcing them to punt? Because the way I see it is, if you can stop them, and if you have one timeout or you don't have any timeouts, you're only asking for a field goal. It's not like you're down five or six points. You were down one point. So if you can drive down, and we saw Mac do it in the preseason with number two receivers and everything, he led the two-minute drill, and he led it pretty, pretty well. So I'm just wondering, could that have been something that maybe Patriots fans and analysts aren't looking at quite as thorough as they should? So you want – okay. So from a perspective, Bill's kind of playing the odds here. His defense had been stellar all game. And if you take all – would they have three timeouts before the two-minute warning? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you have all three timeouts and the two-minute warning, all those stop the clock, you're giving your defense a chance to – you know, give up a big play or kind of screw up one down. Like if, if the first play is a first down, then you still have three. As long as you hold them to three and out there, you're perfectly fine. And then Mac has to do the, you know, two minute drill. 
So for the most part, he was just giving us defense an opportunity where it's like, even if you give up this first down, we still have three timeouts that we can use right there and try and stop them. And he's like, I know you're going to stop them. He's like, you might even stop them, you know, the first three times and then they have the two minute warning to stop the clock from Mac. So it's all just kind of playing the odds there. And Bill's obviously the defensive minded guy. So he's like, I'm not going to trust my rookie quarterback over my veteran defense led by Dante Hightower. It's just, he's kind of play playing the odds there. Yeah. 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 You know, I agree. It's kind of one of those things where, you know, you have two options. They both, you know, either you stop time before the two minute warning, you know, use that two minute warning as an extra timeout if you need it, you know, cause say you call a timeout there, but then they get a first down the next play. At least you have the two minute warning there. Um, and, you know, it's kind of Bill is putting more faith in the defense, like Liam said, which I mean, makes sense. But at the same time, he's also thinking like, Hey, even if Matt gets the ball back with no timeouts, he still has confidence in him that he can bring them down the field and at least get in field goal range. It's kind of one of those things where you always question it. It's like, ah, should you have, should you have used the timeouts, you know, before the two minute afterwards? To me, it's one of those things where, you know, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. I think either way, Bill was just looking at it. Hey, I got confidence in the defense. I think that they can stop them, which I think we all thought that they could at that point. There was no reason not to. They, to. they had given up, you know, points on three drives out of what, probably six yeah. or seven possessions. Exactly. Stopped him most of the time. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Bill had confidence in his or Coach Belichick. Um, I, I don't know him like that. I can't call him Bill. Yeah. Coach, Belichick, Coach Belichick had, you know, confidence in the defense, but it also kind of showed he had confidence in back too. Uh, but I get what you're saying. You know, it's one of those things you can second guess it, um, but, you know, if it didn't work out the other way it's kind of the same thing i don't know i was right. i was happy either way no matter how we use them yeah i think you, you would have I think he would have played it differently, though, if he had, like, Tom Brady's 2008 offense. Because then you can, one, let the defense score and then trust that you're going to go down there and score. Because if he literally just let up a touchdown right away, imagine giving that offense back in 2008 two minutes. like They, they wouldn't even be in that position. It'd be 35 to 17. It wouldn't even be. Yeah, oh, 100%. They wouldn't <laughs> yeah, even be exactly. there. Except they couldn't score more than, you know, 17 in the Super Bowl. But um, <laughs> True. I, I digress. Uh, but, yeah, so if Mac was killing it and they had, you know, if, if it was, like, 45-38 or something ridiculous, like that like Mac had been slinging all game then hey maybe he trusts Mac to do the game winning drive he's hot but here the defense was just hot so so so, and and I agree with you guys I I think it's I think it's playing Monday morning quarterback I really do you know because we don't know what Belichick's thinking and Liam you make a good point you know with the three timeouts and the two minute warning that's essentially an extra timeout so you take one timeout I get that because you have the two minute and then two timeouts but then when they blew all their timeouts before the two minute warning I'm like wait what is he doing like basically if you don't stop him here game's over like, you have no shot. And it does look kind of sus. It's like, put all your chips in the middle. Like, we have to stop you right now. Animals. Exactly. It did not end well. No, it didn't. But we're going to move on. The Patriots are going to move on. They're going to be fine. We're going to get into a Patriots. We're on to New York. We're on to New York. But before I do that, guys, Sully, I know you love New England. I know you want to get back to New England. Liam, I know that you are a South Shore uh, representative through and through. Back in. But do you want a nice place in Boston where you can enjoy – the just authentic experience of being a Boston sports fan. I absolutely would love that. Well, if you're, how about you, Sally, when you come back, is there a place you want to go and just be amongst all the Boston sports fans? That's, that's, that's kind of the American dream for me. That's, that's all I want. All I want. Man, Fair. simple pleasures. I love it. Fair enough. Well, if you're looking for that place, that place is called a and B kitchen and bar because a and B kitchen and bar in Boston has reopened and it is looking good right now. Located on Causeway Street across from the TD Garden, they are the newest spot to meet up before or after a game for dinner and drinks. Offering an elevated take 
on a traditional New England pub menu with freshly made in-house dishes. Some of their favorites include the chicken pot pie, a meatloaf made with organically raised beef from Neiman Ranch, local clams and andouille sausage, or locally caught fish and chips. They also have draft beers from the area, some area breweries, that is, like Gentile Brewery in Beverly, Massachusetts, or Lord, Ho- Lord Hobo and Notch pair perfectly as well. Are you looking for patio dining? Well, A&B Kitchen has a raised patio with spectacular views of the garden and the Zakem Bridge. And with newly installed heaters, you can enjoy the outdoor seated for an extended period of time, a season, if you will. They also have 32 feet of open garage doors along Causeway Street and 16 feet along Beverly Street. So you're able to sit inside and have all the benefits of an open air dining experience without those pesky elements hitting you in the face. Don't have tickets to the game, but you want to watch the game amongst diehard crazy fans like us? Well, A and B is the place to be with nine newly installed 70-inch TVs. There isn't anywhere inside that you can't say that you have the best seat in the house. Check out A and B today. Tell them the Legends Boys sent you. Go get a good burger. Go get a good meal. And root on your Boston sports teams. Shout out to A and B for being a sponsor of the Legends Legal Podcast. Greatly appreciated. Hopefully, we will have a giveaway soon. We'll have one coming very, very soon. So. Be on the lookout for that. You guys can enter. I can't guarantee you'll win, but you know, we'll worth see what happens. Shot. It's worth a yeah, shot. I'll enter. Exactly. I'm actually, I'm going there with my Celtics co-host. Actually, we're going to a game. We we're eating there before. Hey, there you <laughs> go. You mentioned that. Hey, tell them the Legends boys sent you. Oh, I will. But Patriots Jets week two. It's a one o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. And look, guys, I'm going to be very honest. It's the New York Jets. Huh. I don't care about all the moves they made. I think they got, who was it? They got Corey Davis in the offseason. Yep. Like, yeah, they got a new coach and everything else. They already lost, like, one of their best linemen in Mekhi Becton. He's going to be out for this game. Again, because he was out last year in the Patriots games. Zach Wilson, rookie quarterback. Like, I know we can say the same thing. Max, a rookie quarterback. But of the five quarterbacks that were taken, I think Mac was the most. NFL ready. And I'm not saying that because he's on the Patriots. I'm saying that because looking at his film and everything, he looks like he's the most ready. Trevor Lawrence is going to be great, I think, but it's going to take him a few years. And then Trey Lance, who knows what's going to happen in San Francisco, Justin Fields, he's got to get beat out Andy Dalton, LOL. Ah. And, and then, and then he also, exactly. The Red so, Rocket. The Red Rocket. I thought he was coming to New England last year. I, I had a Dude, inside I source. Was, I, mean, I thought too. that would have been so sick. Uh, I honestly thought that would have been so cool. I had uh, another fantasy too. It was him and probably uh, would have won more games with him than Cam. Yeah, I, I had a, I had a dream they drafted Jalen Hurts. That was an awesome dream. Yeah, and, and then you woke up and you hated life after that. But yeah. It's okay. Basically, it's but okay. Hey, we took Mac. We did. So Patriots, Jets. I don't know. I just and especially with the Jets, like they lost their best pass rusher for the season. I think it was Carl Lawson before the yep. season started. Like. Oh. They, Carl gone like they the Jets like they try to be relevant but they just aren't and the thing is is the Patriots are gonna have a fire lit under them especially after losing a divisional game at home that they know they should have won so you know what I'm not gonna say it's a blowout but I'm gonna say that it's a it's a game that the Patriots should win pretty easily and my score prediction I'm going Patriots 28 Jets 17 yeah so uh I think um, kind of like you said, I'm, I'm going to kind of cut right to the chase. Zach Wilson might be good. Bill Belichick coaches circles around rookie quarterbacks. The Jets defense is not as good as Miami. And then you also got to think that the 
Patriots aren't going to have as many dumb penalties. They'll still be penalties, but they won't have as many dumb ones and they won't fumble as much in those three things right there. I, I can't envision a world where the Patriots lose to the jets in week two. If they do, I will come on every single podcast that has me and I will officially push whatever panic button you want me to. That's how confident I am. I don't think that's going to be a loss. I don't know if it's going to be a blowout because divisional games are always close. So I don't know, something like 24, uh, 24, 16. Ooh, interesting score. Maybe yeah. some score got me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Field like goals, it. some field goals. That's what I think. A lot of field goals for the Jets. A lot, lot of fantasy hey. points for the kickers in this one. Mm, yep. All right, Liam, what do you got? I, I have a slightly different opinion. I think the Jets are a quite capable team. Just it's week one opinion. Very small sample size, but what I saw in the last game, they're an extremely solid team. I think like the Patriots, they have a rookie quarterback, so they had some struggles. Basically, the whole first half, they were kind of dog shit. And then they started putting it together, and they came back and made it a game. I think they lost by like two points when I thought, you know, the Panthers were going to run away from it. The defense held the Panthers when it mattered. And if there was one more quarter in that game, the Jets probably would have won, and it would have been the Jets and the Dolphins who have one win. I truly think that they would have won. Zach Wilson had some moments where he looked like really good, some moments where he looked terrible. So I think that's natural for a rookie. But again, I'm kind of with all you guys on that one where I think if you're betting, this is the lock of the century. Like there's no scenario where Bill Belichick loses to a rookie quarterback. The defense looks tenacious and there's still veterans. A lot of guys who have played with Bill before just saw if it was just the defensive side of the ball playing and the offense never went out there. I think the defense would beat them alone. That. Zach Wilson isn't going to be able to figure that out. I think it's going to be a fair ass kicking. I originally said on our show, 38 to three. Now I changed it. It'll be like 28, 17. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so you and I are on the same boat, Liam. We're literally on the exact same boat. Yeah. Long winded way of saying that. Like I'm kind of conflicted here. Let me ask you guys this. And I want to get your take before you guys get out of here. Cause I know you guys have your show that you have to do. Oh yeah. Wow. Yes, sir. So once the Patriots, and I'm, and I'm going to say this, I think they do take care of business. Say they take care of business, they're one and one they go back, they come back home for a big game at home against the Saints. Do they have a shot of winning that game? I think they have more. And again, the reason why I'm saying they have more than a shot. Let me, let me try to, let me try to scoop out my Patriots bias. And actually it's because I'm, it's because I'm going to the game. Okay. Great. Because, well, well, yeah, that's obvious why. So, so one, <laughs> Al's going good luck charm Two, Jameis is very good when he, when he is good, but he can also make mistakes. He's also bad when he's bad. I think that Patriots defense is starting to round into shape. I think the pass rush gets to Jameis a little bit. Uh, maybe he makes a couple mistakes. Defense has a couple picks. Um, I think they win. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Uh, I don't think kind of seeing the team, I don't think there's going to be too many blowouts this year. Um, I think it's a close game. Uh, I think it's something like 21 to 14, pretty, pretty straightforward standard game. I think. How about you, Liam? I'm afraid of Jameis. I think it's going to be a fat L Jameis is going to be eating up on those dubs. Oh, I hate to say God, it. No. I think, I think the defense is going to fluster him. He'll, he'll have like a three touchdown, three pick game, but he'll win and he'll probably oh. win. You know, it, the, trust me, that defense is mean. Like, they'll trick Mac, too. It's not going to be an easy offensive game. This is very true. It, it, I think it's going to be very competitive. I, I, I was very – how do I say this? I was very determined and very confident until I saw what James did to the Packers. 
then oh I was God. like, it was, um, I didn't think you could air like people getting murdered on TV anymore. That was brutal to watch. I was absolutely struck. Five touchdowns with under 200 yards though. That, and that seems less like than 20 attempts. Dude threw the ball like, like 19 times. It's honestly mind boggling. A third of his throws are touchdowns. That's kind of fucked. Right All right. You guys got to get out of here. You guys got to go do your show real quick. Shout out your pods. Shout out your personal. I know, Liam, you don't have a personal, but you can shout out the, the show pods. Sully, uh, shout out your personal one first. Yeah, so personal Twitter, it's msully5433. Um, that's M-S-U-L-L-Y-5433. Um, and then, obviously, we got the Tuck Rule Takes, just how it sounds. Tuck Rule Represent. Takes. Yep, and that's uh, Liam's on there too. And then Liam, you got other stuff as well, right? Yes, I am also the host of a Boston Celtics based podcast. Follow me at the Rafters Pod, which is the title, the Rafters Podcast. Me and my co host Justin break down everything you could think of Boston Celtics. All right, so we will have the Tuck Rule Take guys back on with us again. Sully, you got to come on for a second time, Liam, but I think it'll be your third time. Which I'm very yeah, happy about. I'm kind of a wily veteran at this point. You are. You are a veteran. You're. I gotta uh, catch up. I gotta catch up. Yeah. Oh, I might have to retire my jersey in here one day. Yeah. You're, <laughs> Liam's a Cam Newton, and uh, Sully's the Mac Jones. That that that's how we do it with the Legends Lingo Podcast, guys. Thank Cam you. Newton. Appreciate like your time. Later. Take care and enjoy your nights. Thanks. No problem. See ya. All right. So now, with that being said, I am going to actually be doing a quick ad read, and then we will be bringing in Zach Chesiero to talk about these. Boston Red Sox, which we are just crazy, crazy, crazy obsessed with and sometimes in a bad way. But really quick, the Legends Lingo podcast is also brought to you by our friends at ExoGun. Have you ever done a workout and feel like you need a massage right after? Well, get the massage without having to leave your house. Don't let pain and soreness slow you down because ExoGun revives muscle, boosts circulation, and releases energy so you can recover faster and live better. ExoGun is trusted by the pros to deliver the ultimate in recovery experience. Gain back control of your body and achieve long-term pain relief with our friends at Exogun. Get 10% off. That's one, zero. 10% off with the code CGS10, CGS10 at checkout. Exogun comes with a charger and a carrying case. Go get your Exogun today. Treat yourself to a massage at a moment's notice. Our friends at Exogun with the promo code CGS10. So we are going to talk Red Sox right now. I am bringing on our Red Sox. Uh, I don't even know what to call him, but he's a Red Sox guy. You might have heard him on, on Into the Triangle before. It is Zach Jeziero. Zach is here. Zach is back. Zach attack. We were talking how much the Bills stink. It's okay. You didn't have to be here for that. But we can celebrate because we're both 0-1 together. So we're happy about that. Zach, welcome on. How are you doing, bud? What's going on, Neil? How you doing, man? I'm all right. <clears throat> we just got a lot of Patriot stuff off our chest, me, Sully, and Liam. So that part was great. What the part that's not going to be great is this Boston Red Sox team that we are about to talk about because they are just, <sighs> there's something else. That's all I'm going to say. So but let me break it down. And then Zach, you and I will talk about it. <coughs> Excuse me. That's going to sound horrible when Liam edits later. Boston Red Sox right now are fighting for a wild card spot. They are on the outside looking in as we're recording on Tuesday night, September 14th. They're 81-65. Their percentage points behind the New York Yankees and they are a game behind the Toronto Blue Jays. Also in that mix is the Seattle Mariners, who are two games out, and the Oakland Athletics, who are two and a half games out. The Red Sox are playing the Mariners. They lost game one of that series, five to four. As we're recording, they are going to be playing later on Tuesday night. Nathan Ivaldi will be on the mound. Hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, he gets a win. 
Zach, I'm going to ask you one quick question, and then this is kind of going to just lead off our conversation. Will the Red Sox make the playoffs as a wild card team? You know, if Toronto wasn't on our asses, I would say yes, but this Toronto team is scaring me. They are just like one of the hottest teams in baseball right now. The Yankees are uh, Yankees are inconsistent. They were on a 13-game winning streak, and then they, they're losing like five or six in a row. So if it wasn't for the Jays, I would say they would be Red Sox-Yankees. But you know what? As long the Red Sox, this series is crucial. These next few series here are going to be crucial, especially for the Yankees. Now, obviously – Every series is going to be crucial, but of course, when you're playing teams who are right behind you, such as the Seattle Mariners and the New York Yankees, you cannot, you cannot, you can lose afford to lose one game. You cannot afford to lose two games or three games. Correct. Not to, especially to Seattle. Um, yeah. Oakland isn't really concerning me anymore. I mean, they could make a late push, but like I said, um. I don't know. It's I'm nervous right now. Like I, I am too. And here's why, because the Mariners are only two games out. If the Mariners win this series, if they win two out of three or God forbid they sweep, then they're going to be either one game behind or they're going to be tied with you for that second wild card spot. And that's scary. The yeah. last eight series, the Red Sox have played. They are one, six and one. So they've won a series who was against the Indians who are barely above 500 They've lost six series and they have tied one series. And that series tie was to the Rays in Tropicana, which looking back on was so lucky. Yeah. They, um, I, especially with Bogey going out, I had no idea how they found a way to even that series up. I, I would have thought they would have gotten swept, to be honest with you, just because I feel like that was like their wake up call. Like, okay, we just lost our heart and soul of the team. So now it's time for us to step up now, that, that next man up mentality. So, you know what? Good for them for splitting that series because it looks really awful. But they this is they cannot afford to screw it up. They I know I'm sure we'll talk about it, but just so many things that since the last time I was on here, well, like the defense, the defense is killing this team right now. And we lost that game last night because of Kyle Schwarber's error at first uh, base. Yep, I I fell asleep. I saw the highlights though. Like Kyle Schwarber's not a first baseman. Like no. if you want. If you want Schwarber to play left field and JDDH, then that's fine. Do that. Because you have two guys, Bobby Dahlbeck, who we talked about this on Into the Triangle before, Zach, before, you know, you kind of left us and had to do what you had to do, which we totally understand. But here's the thing. It's like against left-handed pitchers, you have Bobby Dahlbeck that's been swinging a hot bat. I think he was AL uh, Rookie of the Month or something in Mm -hmm. August. And you have Travis Shaw, a guy that's actually been producing. So – yeah. You have that. You have you have your first baseman right there. Just play either one of them, depending on the the pitching matchup, and then just leave Schwarber in left and JD at DH. That's all you have to do. It's not that hard. But Bobby, but no, go on. No, it, it's just it's it's frustrating because when you look at the Red Sox schedule, you're thinking to yourself, "Oh, okay." So their schedule, and I looked at the it was uh it was an article from John Tomasi out of the five teams that are competing for the wild card realistically, the Red Sox have the easiest strength of schedule. Easiest. Like they're playing. So after they finish the, the, after they finish the Seattle series, they have three against Baltimore, two against the Mets, three against the Yankees, three against the Orioles in Camden yards, and then three at Washington. 
So that's you such, have that's such a winnable schedule right there going forward. You have an eight game homestand, and yeah. there is no excuse for you to go any less than six and two. You should go six and two in those eight games at home. That gets you to 87 wins. Then if you can squeak one out against the Mariners, you beat the Orioles again, two out of three, just say, and you beat the Nationals, you can realistically get 91 wins and make the wild card. But mm-hmm. you have to start taking care of business. And it doesn't help. And we're going to talk about it right now, Zach. Chris Sale, test positive for COVID. That is the worst possible thing that could happen. Chris Sale sat out for a year, had his Tommy John surgery in 2020, came back in August of 2021, 3-0 with like a, a 2-5-2 ERA or something crazy like that. Like he was pitching well. He was being the stopper. And mm-hmm. now he's on the COVID list. So now he misses the Chicago start. And now... He's going to miss the Baltimore start, which I don't think is a big deal. No, no, no. Well, I was going to say, let me finish. He could start this weekend. He could start on Saturday against the Orioles, but that's a big could. I, I figured that's where you're going, but I just wanted to get that out there. But that's what I made sure. No, you're good. But it, it's amazing to me because this team was so good in the first half of the season. Then they had that disaster of an August, September. It looked like they were going to come back and sort of, do what they had to do. But let's face it, Zach. I mean, they might squeak out at a second wild card spot, but this team, they are what they are. They're a mediocre baseball team that overachieved in the first half of the season. They're going to cling on to a wild card spot, maybe, maybe win the wild card game, Chris Sale on the mound, and then get trounced by Tampa in three or four games. You know what? I don't, they're not going to win the World Series this year. Oh, um, no. That, that's out of the question. If they can just somehow make the playoffs here. That's fine. Yes, they overachieved this year. I agree with you. I don't know how Tampa Bay was able to stay on the ground, though, because they lost glass now. And you think, okay, here we are with these no disrespect to the starters, these no-name starters pitching for the race. And here they are, like, still at top of one of the best teams in baseball. And if if this team does not make the playoffs, that Toronto series in Toronto is going to be the turning point, I feel like, for them. Because – yeah. How many games? Four games, right? It was a three-game series. It was a it was a four-game series. No, you're right. It was a four-game yeah. series. They lost the first two easily. They won an extra inning game. They probably shouldn't have. And then they were winning big in yeah. Toronto. And Matt Barnes blows it because he gives up a home run to who was it? Was it uh, yeah to George Springer? That's right. So it was that. It was the Tampa Bay game at home when he had Chris Sale on the mound, seven to one, top of the fourth inning. Oh. Like you're. Those are games you need to win in a wild card race. And if you blow those leads, you don't deserve to make the playoffs. Period. That game was that race game was absolutely terrible. Yeah, we don't need to revisit bad memories. We don't need to cry together more because our football team's losing, our baseball team is just doing terrible. But that aside, like you look at this list, and I just saw it, and I'll give credit to the source, Boston Strong on Twitter. Very good Twitter follow. Very good. Follow, follow them if you don't already at Boston Strong underscore. Get my updates from them. He has good updates. I give him credit. So, so, so the COVID list, this is who's still on the COVID list. Matt Barnes was expected back midweek. Chris Sale, who could be back on Friday. Christian Arroyo is going to rehab soon. Poor Christian Arroyo. He's had a tough year. Seriously, injuries and then COVID. And then COVID. Yep. Jared Duran should be rehabbing soon. After that, I mean, there are names that you don't really care about. Philip Valdez, maybe. Danny Santana, I don't care about. Jonathan Arauz for defense, maybe. And Yairo, um, Munez, Munez, I, I can't even say his last name. Munez. Yeah, Munez or whatever, like Frankie Munez. But, like, 
those are guys that you just don't like the last four you don't need, but get Barnes back, get him healthy, get him back to where, where he was the first half of the season and get your ACE back. Because yeah. if you have Chris sale down the stretch to pitch against the Yankees and to pitch against teams, like you don't really need the Orioles. Cause I mean, the Orioles, are the Orioles, but if you can get the them Orioles. back, you get them back for that Yankee series and then you get them back for the wild card. That's the big thing. You Especially need to be against Toronto. If they face them in a wild card round. Oh, if they get, if, if they get Toronto, it's going to be Chris sale against Robbie Ray. That's going to be the pitching matchup. Yeah. Robbie Ray's had a dominant year this year. And I don't know how that's going to go. If sales on you score four or five runs, and then you pray that the bullpen holds it together. And then you go get your doors blown open in Tampa. They can they can hit against Ray. We've seen a couple times this year. He I remember when I saw the game in Buffalo, he was pitching when we played. I think it was the game that Richard started, and they got to him easily. Yeah. He's hittable. Oh yeah, well, Robbie Ray is very hittable. Any pitcher on any given day is hittable. Yeah, but Purcell was hittable that Tampa Bay game. And that yeah, in that game he shouldn't have been because Alex Verdugo couldn't catch a fly ball in the sun, which it is tough to do. I'll I'll give it I'll is, yeah. get, I'll cut him some slack there. And then he makes that amazing catch where like, uh, uh, that's yeah, that's that whole game was just nutty. It was a Labor Day. It was nutty. It was dumb. It was everything. I game felt like I was in labor just watching it, so it's ironic it was on Labor Day. Yeah, figures. But all right, so we're gonna wrap up because this Red Sox team's gonna drive us absolutely insane. Can I just give one quick shout out? Of course you can. Go ahead. I want to shout out to Bobby Delback. He has been very good after criticizing him early on the season. Which he deserved, but he deserves the praise yeah. now. Yes, I agree. He has been very good. Not very good, but he's been really good, really reliable. And the Red Sox did not lose that game yesterday. Bobby's at first base there. Just I I agree with that. I agree. They don't lose that game. You make one play. That's and it's funny that you say that, Zach, because this is what Alex Cora stressed in spring training. He said, We're gonna have a focus on defense, and your defense has let up 101 errors in 149 games. That's not especially with that talented on defense. Like and like the or 145, side 145 games, sorry, which is yeah. even worse. Go ahead. The left side of your defense is of the infield's really good. We all know that with Bogart's endeavors. Mm-hmm. But you have, oh man, like it's just sometimes the most easiest place. I mean, I know Schwarber doesn't have that many that much experience at first base, but why is he even playing first base? I get it. You, I mean, you should have used either used Bobby or, or Shaw. Shaw has been really impressive, to be honest with you. I did not expect him to be this. I mean, obviously, he's not like the best best player, but. I mean, you saw that Texas game. He hit that grand slam for the walk. Wait, was it Texas? I think it was Texas for the walk-off home run. Um, when, what else? He, I know we lost the game, but at Cleveland game, he had a clutch hit for us. So, so, so here, here's what I'm going to say. It's very, very simple with this lineup going in. If you have a – Hubie, if you're going forward and you want to try to win games, this should be your lineup. Kike Hernandez leads off. Kyle Schwarber hits second. Rafael Devers hits third. Bogarts hits fourth. Renfro fifth. JD sixth. Yes, I'm putting JD Martinez sixth right now because the month of September, he has not looked good at the plate. He's looked horrible. I don't care. And if he hits for you, that's a, one of the probably the best six hitter in baseball. Mm-hmm. And then you have 
let me try to think. You have either Shaw or Dahlbeck hitting seventh. You have Vasquez hitting eighth. Pawecki in a late game situation. And then hitting ninth, you have whoever's playing. Oh, yeah. yeah, whoever's playing second base. If it's if he's healthy, yeah. excuse me, give me Christian. Or, or no, we forgot Verdugo. Alex Verdugo. Oh, God. How, yeah, I forgot we, for, we forgot about Verdugo. So you could realistically hit Verdugo seventh, Shaw or Dahlbeck eighth, and then Vasquez ninth. There you go. And Kike plays second base. Mm-hmm. There you go. And the first guy off the bench, like you said, should be Christian Arroyo. Yeah. I forgot to give Hunter Renfro some love. What the heck? Hunter Renfro has been good, man. He's just – he wins that Tampa Bay game at Fenway by himself. That was, that like, was such an amazing – the atmosphere in, in that crowd and the call from David O'Brien was just awesome. Was that O'Brien or was that Mike Monaco? No, that was O'Brien. That was O'Brien? Okay. I like Monaco, Mike Monaco. I like him. I, oh, I know. He was – um. who did he play when Rafi – yeah, Cleveland when he hit that three yeah. late in the game. He was I love Monaco, but yeah. Hunter Renfro, man, what a what a steal of a contract that was for us. And the starting lineup for the Tuesday night Red Sox game. Let's see. Kike Hernandez, Hunter Renfro, Xander Bogarts, uh Rafael Devers, JD Martinez, Bobby Dahlbeck, Kevin Ploiecki, Alex Verdugo, Jose Iglesias. I like it. I like Orban it. has been like 0 for 19 for like the last few games too. So he needs a break. Yeah. 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 Maybe give him a pinch hit opportunity, but we'll see what happens, but we're going to kind of wrap it up there. Cause we could go on all night. The Red Sox, who knows how they're going to do. Patriots have week two coming up. Sorry, Zach, about your bills. You played a tough team though in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's defense is legit. Yeah. Miami next. So hopefully we win that one. You should win that one day. Like, Allen always plays on well. So we'll see what happens. It'll be fine. But Shout out to Zach Jaziero for jumping on with us in the Legends Ingle podcast. Shout out to Mike Sullivan and Liam McDaid for also jumping on, talking Patriots with us. Rate and subscribe to the Legends Ingle podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud, Spotify, and everywhere else where you get our podcasts. Shout out to A&B Burgers and Exogun, our two great sponsors. Check out CouchGuysports.com once again for the daily blogs, podcasts, and everything else in between. But for Zach Jaziero, for Liam McDaid, who's recording, and Mike Sullivan, who's recording, I am your host, Alan Nahigian. Thank you for watching, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week for episode 130.